listening to the Retro Guardians. Okay, now what? Buckle up. you ever bought or rented a videotape that wasn't quite right? <laughs> Groovy. Little Hands says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. Hasta la vista, baby. Retro Guardians. Hi, welcome to this week's Retro Guardians. I'm Ben. I'm Jay. How are we? Um, I'm doing good, Jay. I hope you are too. And yes. hopefully everyone listening is doing good. So recently I've hit a bit of a going back and going through the collection, Jay, trying to find something to, different to talk about. And as we've talked about recently, a bit too much horror lately. So I'm trying to go into some other fields. And because of your love of computers, this film sort of stuck, uh, stood out to me. And that mm. was uh, the 1983 film War Games. Yeah. So... Well, the funny thing about this film was I'd seen this plot recycled in several cartoon shows afterwards Yeah, about what happens when someone's playing a game or has access to an, another major computer that sort of acts out the game as if it was really happening. Yeah. And, I mean, this was the first film to do that in 1983. I mean, it was still early days of gaming of that period, and yet some two writers... I can't think of their names off the top of my head. You could probably do better than me. Came up with a notion of it based on an idea on Stephen Hawking's. It actually stumped, uh, came out of uh, that idea and then led to war games. Yeah, so, I think the scary thing about this, which I'll go into a bit later, is it was a very early iteration or idea of AI. Because AI didn't exist back then. It was only in our figments of our imagination. But this portrayed what AI could do. And uh, it definitely got more scarier as it went along. Um, mm. The film came out in 1983. Now, we were too young back then to uh, know what was going on in the culture at the time. But the big Matthews. thing was the whole Cold War issue with Russia being a big one at that time period. So the idea that nuclear war, World War Three, could break out at any second. And the angst that was going on in the world is definitely sort of seen through the, the minds of the kids in this film. And so I do know this was Matthew Broderick's first leading role in a movie. He'd done, I think, a movie just before that as a supporting role, but this was he—he he was front and center the whole movie. And uh, I believe it was also Ali Sheedy's first movie too. So, I mean, they're, they're very young and youthful, and you can tell not as experienced as they would be later. But that actually adds to the movie. You believe them to be real kids in this situation. Yeah. That's so. I saw this sometime in the early to mid-90s, just before, just after TV came to us, Jay. So, like I said, I'd seen the plot done a few different ways before that, but the, seeing the film at the time, the thing that draw, drew me in was the director, uh, which was it was directed by uh, John Badham. And John had directed uh, Saturday Night Fever, Blue Thunder, uh Short Circuit, and definitely movies like Stakeout and Nick of Time. So he had been a, like a very proficient director since the, the mid-'70s. I mean, he was almost making two movies, a, one every two years there for a while, up until the late-'90s. And he had come out of television, and I believe he went back to television at the moment. He's still working it to this day. But this is one of the big, big successes of him at the time that definitely allowed him to work like I said, up until the late 90s. 
Mm. I mean, there weren't too many filmmakers even then who were doing a film every two years. Should we have a listen to the trailer? For... I, th I think that's a good idea to recap yeah. for a few people out there that don't know the concept or what it is. This sums up the plot. So here we go. Absolutely. David Lightman was a master at computer games. A fast thinker. Oh, David! Maybe you could tell us who first suggested the idea of reproduction without sex. Your wife? Get out, Lightman. And a promising student at an old game. Hi. With an electronic twist. Are those your grades? Yeah. I don't think that I deserved an F. Do you? go to jail for that only if you're over 18 this computer company is coming out with these amazing new games in a couple of months and i want to play those games wow we got something he found the right code word to play the game we're in but it was the wrong computer shall we play a game how can i ask you that how about global thermal nuclear war time all right what the hell? They're trajectory headings for multiple impact re-entry vehicles. What's that mean? I don't know, but it's great. All stations, this is Crystal Palace. I wonder if I should use my subs. 22 Typhoon-class submarines departing Petropavlov. What in the hell's happening here? Oh, my God. Shall we play? I have seven. Correction, eight. That's eight Redbirds. Get on the sack. Tell them to flush the bombers. Russians are still denying everything, sir. Who are you working with? Nobody. I do not believe you. Over day, we have Soviet missile warning. Based on the arrest pending indictment for espionage. Espionage? Confidence is high. I repeat, confidence is high. Cobra Dane, is this an exercise? Negative, this is not an exercise. Give me the president on the horn. It's still playing the game. It's going to start a war. Close up the mouth. This game, or is it real? War Games, playing soon at a theater near you. Well, so very intense trailer. Yeah, young guy wanting to play a game, and he uh, jumps onto his text-based computer terminal. When we got to remember back then, we're not talking graphics; we're talking text. text. Games now the uh, iconic computer he uses is an IMSI eighty eighty computer. Um, How much did they go for back in the day? Jay? Oh man, look, uh, I don't even know. We're talking probably a couple of grand. I um, believe that the IMSI was it's it, it and it still is very popular amongst the collectors circles. You can't do much with it, um, but uh, the collectors, hardcore collectors, have these things in there. Uh, inventory and it's usually because of its popularity in war games that has made this thing um, so if really I ever win the lotto I'll definitely have to buy you one <laughs> well I probably couldn't use it it's a bit beyond my level of expertise but this thing here they made about uh, I think about 20,000 of them um, so they're pretty rare but having said that there are some clones that you can buy still these days um, that emulate the original but it, it is their main uh, it is the main 
star of the show here, um, where the young kid then gets into NORAD, the supercomputer known as uh, War Operation Plan Response, or WAPA. Which, WAPA, uh, I remember that. It, yeah. The original, what it was called at NORAD is very different, so they renamed it WAPA and make it sound more dramatic. Mm. So he thought he was playing a game, but in fact he's controlling the actual supercomputer um, that increased the DEFCON level, you know, to uh, a higher level. And and then I think in the end, the computer's gone off on its uh, uh, its own, hasn't it? Yeah. The one thing I, I know the movie goes into is the idea of do you trust that situation with a computer or actual real people? And it mm. plays on both notions, what are the pros and cons, which is really mm. good. And then the outcome of this makes them think, no, we still need actual people in, in charge of this situation. And it goes into that really well. Yeah, and, um, it's sort of, um, I think the process of having the computer to control the nukes was um, around the context that, you know, someone couldn't push the button because of the human element, you know, the empathy yes, element. Yes. So they've made now, the computer the, do it. So it, it When had, the can... film starts, we actually see two of these specialists that are manning one of the, um, the, the, the silo with yeah. one of the nukes in it and they actually played by uh, i think it was john spencer who most people would remember from uh he was on west wing for a long time and he was also in the rock jay mm. and the other one was actually michael madston who would now be more well known for working with tarantino regularly but they mm. were both at the start of the film that's why i remember them for that reason and i do remember thinking the idea of what they do a um a test it's not real what if this really happens how would they uh, react and one of them does inadvertently cause one but they had the safety on and that was the whole point of the test to see what they do mm. and that's when it goes into the notion what if we put a computer system in charge of this and that's how the film starts yeah so it, it was very on... real i mean that was one thing i liked the idea of it even at that time period mm. and then like you said uh early days of computing very early days of video games so the idea of this this script, I mean, I have to give kudos to the writers, and I believe it was hang on a sec, uh, Lawrence Laster and Walter Parks. They both went on to write Sneakers, by the way, Jay. Mm. And I believe Walter's now Similar one of the major. Well, he was one of the major guys at, at DreamWorks there when Spielberg started that company. So they had been in the industry for a while too. So the idea of it, it was literally based on several things and then that story came out of it because they went and talked to someone. I can't remember the name of the person, but he made the, the, the connection to video games. What would happen if this happened? And that's where the whole idea spurned from. And they're like, wow. And he's like, go to work and pretty much let him go. I think it was a futurist or someone, someone who was sort of into that idea of what they were trying to do. Yeah, and the computer basically sees the... Um uh, the strike against the Soviets, I think, at the start through the war game and considers it to be an act of war and launches an, a retaliatory strike. It's basically a game of tic-tac-toe, I think they describe it as. That's right. Um, and in the end, they use that against the computer to play a game of tic-tac-toe against itself, which eventually causes it to fail, doesn't it? And yes. it saves the so, day. So the creator of the, the Whopper... Um, mm. He's based pretty much on Stephen Haw Hawking's, but they, they made him a lot more mobile and a lot more sort of upright. Because yeah. originally it was supposed to be someone like Hawking in a in a wheelchair, the whole concept of when the kids meet him. But th for whatever reason, it didn't work. And I, I think it was also the studio going, no, 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 we need something else. So Stephen Faulkner became the name of the character, and he was played by John Wood. 
and John hadn't really done a lot of movies. John mm. had he was he was a theater actor from England, and it was one of his first films. But he's so believable in it, you actually buy this guy, and that he based the computer system and the password was actually on his late son. That's how uh matthew's character david was able to get into the system by using that and when the 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 government finds out they actually cover that password and that back door but that inadvertently cuts them off from the system when they're trying to shut it down as well Mm, so i remember him and he'd later work again with um with matthew on lady hawk but he was he had one of those very distinct voices well, he's also the voice of the whopper jay and how they actually did the whopper's voice they made him do all these lines backwards it's a how uh, a nice game of chess. It's actually all backwards how they mm. recorded it and then played it forward. Yes. That's so right. I mean that's what, that was one of those things that people go, "Did that really happen?" I said, "Not until later," but it was definitely a distinct thing that you remember. Um, I do know that the real people who were in NORAD when they did see the film, they did say to them, "It was the the the, the control room of you know." of NORAD was much bigger in the movie. And I believe that where they filmed it was for MGM and they mm. actually filmed it on the stages where they filmed Munch- Munchkin land for wizard of Oz. I mean, that's how far back that goes. Mm. So this film was just full of great character actors. That's one of the things that stands out to me about this movie. You had the two main leading kids, but then you had people like Debbie Coleman, Barry Corbin, um, like I said, Michael Madston, John Spencer, uh, James Toller, uh, he, he plays Strickland, Back to the Future. He has a prominent role. And it was just, that's what made that film believable. You believe a lot of these people to be in the military and to be within the government and trying to stop World War Three from actually happening. So I, you would be the one I would ask, could something like this happen? I mean, obviously, there are protocols in, in place. And this film came out a year before Terminator, which goes into the whole notion why we shouldn't have this kind of system in charge of, uh, of mm. capable of <clears throat> launching uh, nuclear weapons. Look, to be honest, this early visualisation of AI, had you asked me 10 years ago, I would have said computers won't be able to do that. Unfortunately or fortunately, in the last couple of years, AI has taken an absolute massive growth spurt. And the stuff you can do with AI now is blindingly scary. And to be honest, it's making me shit myself for the future because if AI is as smart as it is now, I am really worried about how this is going to play out in the future. It is going to, it's not going to be good. Um, so I think this is a very, very, uh, small version of that, but mate, if AI takes off anyway like this and starts controlling missiles and stuff in the future, we're stuffed. Um, but anyway, that's just me. Um, so I know for a fact, this film cost $12 million to make, and that was a lot of money back in the early eighties, but it grossed over a hundred. 25 million worldwide and it was because it tapped into that youth market at that time Mm. i mean there were definitely films then were starting to be marketed towards kids and it was the kids dragging the parents down there to watch them when it was still also similar the cinema was still heavy business too and And um, there were even some games uh war games computer games released um that followed the same theme of the movie i didn't know that 
Yeah, there was one in 83, which was released for the ColecoVision. Um, now, the ColecoVision is, it's probably not a very popular system that we would know about here in Australia. However, there were about 2 million units of the ColecoVision sold across the world. It was fairly big in the US market. Um, I don't know if you could get them here in Australia. I have a feeling you could under a different name. Uh, but, yeah, we um, we didn't have them here. Um, in that name, I don't think, but anyway, um, so it was a very, very primitive computer system and the game was similarly quite primitive, but it allowed you to play the NORAD side of the global thermonuclear war game, um, with a, a DEF CON counter that you had to beat. Um, it was also ported to the Atari 8-bit and Commodore 64 and 84, uh, slightly better graphics and gameplay, still not anything special. Um, and there were uh, a few other games over time that had paid homage to the, the movie, but um, ultimately they were different games, with the most recent being in 2006 called DEFCON. But yeah, there you go. Oh, I, yeah, I didn't know. I did not mm. know. Yeah. So there you go. So... Uh, with um, the term war games, I think that really did become a um, a name, a word said now within the pop culture that everyone now knows. You say war games within a movie, people know what that you're talking about. Yeah. Now, what about um, one thing I have to quickly talk about? There was some controversy with this film, with, mm. with the makings. Mm-hmm. The original director was Marty Bress, who would later go on to direct Beverly Hills Cop. At this point, he'd only directed Going in Style. And uh, what had happened was the original script that he changed to make it a lot more darker. And for whatever reason, the studio did not want that. This was something the studio went, no, 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 no. This is not what we, we signed on for. And he'd also alienated the original writers. So... Only two weeks into production, he was removed, and John Badham was moved in um, literally overnight. And the thing about John was it was literally like hit the ground running. So John literally didn't have time to change too much. One thing I did know, he changed one of the main actors, not not uh, the kids or anything. He changed Barry Corbin he, he put into the main role of the general. That was the major. And then he... Um, he made the original actor become his second in charge. That was the major thing he did. And then he asked for the original writers to come back and he worked very closely with them while making the film. And that was the thing that um, even the writers said to this day, they give him a lot of credit because he went back to the original script pretty much. And um, it's one of those things now that I just, it's that what if situation. Well, what if he had made that? And I heard it was a much, much bleaker film with, with what Marty Bress wanted to do. Now, at the time, of course, it obviously hurt that he was removed, but his next film was Beverly Hills Cop, so we don't have to say what happened with that film, do we? Mm. So what about you, Jay? What would you give this film out of 10? Oh, probably a... Uh, I'm going to give it a 7.5. You know what? I'm actually going to agree with you on that. Mm, it's a good movie. Um, there was a sequel in 2008, apparently, uh, straight-to-DVD release. I think it was a bit of a flop. I haven't seen it. Don't particularly want to, um, but definitely the original is a must see if you if you love old school stuff. Yep. All right, there you go. Well, I think we'll call it a day, Super J. 
I think so. Well, thanks again for listening to us. I hope you've enjoyed this, and hopefully you'll come back and listen to us a bit more next time. I'm Ben. I'm Jay. Check out War Games. See you later. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Retro Guardians.